Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and keynote speaker. Really looking forward to today's chat with a well-played guest that's been on before, but it's been too, too long. Today we have Adam Marino with us, and we're talking about arts integration into our classrooms and into our you know lessons and ideas so adam so nice to have you back if you could introduce yourself that would be fantastic i certainly can hello michael and hello to everyone uh, watching and listening i'm adam marino i uh have worked with kids in a drama classroom uh, that's where my training is theater education but also have worked with kids in outdoor education at a, a boys camp at at a arts camp um, i was one of the camp directors at apple farm arts camp and then uh, i've worked with kids in uh, my faith community as a youth pastor and so really both in and out of uh, a school setting i've worked with kids of all ages and, and young adults and adults uh, in continuing learning in different ways. Um, I'm the creator of the pedagogy of purpose-driven learning, uh, trying to find and uh, unlock and empower our, our innate so social-emotional learning skills and our students' social-emotional learning skills that lead to passionate, lifelong learning. And, um, and then I moderate a Twitter chat every other week opposite the teacher's table. Um, Hashtag unlock PDL, and we sort of explore purpose-driven learning and all that goes along with that. That's awesome. And just so everybody knows, opposite teacher's table would be what? Oh, opposite teacher's table. So Monday, Monday nights, right? Uh, and it's every other week. And on the opposite weeks is is your live stream with teacher's table. Um, Monday nights. On Monday win. nights. Ah, we're going to, oh, you're going to. Look at all these details. Uh, Monday nights at 9.30 Eastern time. That's 8.30 Central time. That's actually what we're in. Um, so, yeah, hopefully folks can join in. If they go to mrmarino.com, they'll actually be able to see what week is our week. And then you would just know that the opposite weeks, they can join us around the teacher's table. Awesome. Good to have you on. And thanks for all those details because there's there's <laughs> yeah. lots of Twitter chats out there. So knowing a time, there knowing are, a place, that, that's always good. Uh, well, this, this episode is part of season four, episode 35. And anybody wow. that wants to sort of catch the video of this, you can do so on the YouTube channel. YouTube world by going to uh, youtube.com slash Mr. Matera and you'll find this episode 35 of season four on there. So we'd love to catch you there. And if you want to drop any sort of comment or whatnot, that would be the place to do it. And I'll have links to Mr. Marino's website there that you could check out uh, all, all of his things as well as links to teacher's table and all those things that were mentioned. All right, so let's let's get down to business here. Let's We're talking about that in. arts yeah. arts integration and uh, something I I'm definitely I definitely learned more and more about just through working with you. Adam and I used to work at the same school, and uh, we became fast friends. And obviously, you know, your friends have a, a large impact on sort of the, your trajectory and your course. And that was definitely the case for me. And you being a drama teacher definitely impacted the way I sort of thought of what I could do with my kids, what I could expect of my kids. Uh, but 
without further ado, I guess have let's have you sort of introduce a little bit about what you mean by arts integration and and, and take it from there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, the reality is, um, in our school, we were fortunate to have all of the kids required to take uh, at a middle school level required to take uh, drama. That's I was the drama teacher. Visual art. Uh, and then one of the musics, either choir, band, or orchestra. And so those were integral in their their uh, learning throughout middle school, required of all of the middle schoolers. That is not the case in a lot of schools. And, and so incorporating, integrating the arts becomes even more important. And yet in our school, even though it's required, reinforcing those uh those skills and um using them in, in meaningful ways within every classroom i think is essential right i mean we are all reading teachers we are all writing teachers i mean i've been told that since you know my my college education days um that we all have to be doing writing we all have to be doing reading well i would argue that we all have to be integrating the arts in a meaningful way because let's face it, like whether they're getting it as a required class, like in our school, or it is the only time they're getting it because those programs have been cut from other schools, like arts are the way we make the intangible, the emotional, the internal, external, and the way we, we effectively demonstrate social, emotional learning development. Uh, so it's, it's just so key. Yeah, I I like this idea of, you know, reminding us, and that's kind of what I said at the beginning, that like hanging out with you, being around you, you know, telling you what I was going to do, and then you kind of say, like, <laughs> well, you could, you could add this or you could spin it this way. You start to realize, like, just how many ways you, you really can oh, up yeah. the expectation of what kids produce for you. Uh, I, I will say for me, one of the hardest things to wrap my brain around at the beginning as a sort of quote-unquote core teacher you know one of the core subject matters which don't always love that language but we'll put those in quotes the, yeah those are air quotes everybody listeners you can't but, see whether it's core or academic whatever we like to call them at schools but but being sort of of that ilk and thinking about classes in that way I think what's so hard for us to sort of wrap our brain around at the beginning is a graded experience or an expectation put on kids in what is less empirical, right? You know, like I think core teachers usually can fall pretty nicely on like, well, that, that, that fact is wrong in world history. Like this person didn't do this, this civilization didn't do that. Right. Uh, Uh, And math obviously is obviously very black and white, but even in an English class, you know, where there's writing, you can say we, we like the rubric says you needed to, you know, do this in your intro and you didn't do that in your intro. Well, and certainly grammatically correct ways. And I know that a lot of English or language arts classes focus on the right and the wrong of using grammar as sentence structure um and things like that so for me personally in our friendship and talking about arts integration that was the first thing that like that was where my first resistant point was was you know like i like what you're saying but i don't i don't know and i didn't necessarily feel comfortable grading or whatever you know assessing how whatever word you want to use that 
that <laughs> art piece, right? So then you 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 started sure. by basically saying like, oh, like yeah, you can like do this poster, but really I'm just grading you on like your 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 on the content on the content. You know, so like whatever, if you, if you no, like slap together a poster, thing, Michael, who cares? Right? I mean, so you say grading or or assessing or whatever word you're going to use. It's not just a word, right? Like there is a difference, and that's and that is the big thing. First, I talk to teachers about when I talk about this is is I do not believe the arts should be graded. Now we can dive into my whole feeling on grades, which we're not going to do. Um, Spoiler, I I don't find value in grades, but especially within the arts, grading, I think crushes creativity. I do not, not only do I not think they have value to grade it, I I think it's actually detrimental because now we're working for what we need to do to get an A, or if we don't get an A, then we think we are bad at the arts. And that's just not the reality. So what we need to do is be able to assess it. And for me, the strongest way to assess the students work is to have them self assess. So how was the effort they put in? How was their creativity? What was their level of confidence? Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say like, so we're not really getting into assessing them and you're diving really into like how we should assess, knowing full well that most people have some portion of assessment where I was trying to get to is yeah this idea like of place. And this is why I kept skirting around what word to use. Yeah. It's, it's for me as placing value on the art piece is all I'm trying to say, whether they're self-assessing, whether it's graded or not graded doesn't matter for at least the context of this conversation but even even if it was ungraded just even shifting our language in our classrooms that 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 the artistic piece mattered and you should still do it quote unquote with fidelity or with great effort is all I was trying to get to cuz most i think core teachers when they add that art piece it is just the extra like who who really cares if your poster looks terrible if all the little info boxes are great your poster sure. can be like terrible. Like you chose the worst color scheme. They like glue marks all over the place. Like you didn't even you didn't even try. Like it looks as though a, a like you p- took it into a closet, turned off all the lights, whipped a glue stick around, and threw paper at this thing. But your info boxes are good. But what, but and, and my thing like I, I guess my, my my thing is like what you just described would be awesome if a student did that. Like you know so like. I don't know, like it, it, it is almost foreign to me to then say like, so then how do we place value on it? Because the value has to come from the students. It's the same with sure they can regurgitate your content and all the boxes can be checked, but if it doesn't hold value for them, they will not remember it once they leave your classroom or your grade level and continue on in education. So in everything we're doing, we need to be empowering the students to find value in it so that they can uh, make their own meeting and express their own learning, express their own knowledge. And so when we get to the art part, if all you're doing is layering it on, you're right, it's gonna be meaningless, but you don't have to assign it a grade or you yourself don't have to assess it for it to have value to the students. And so what I have found in, in my drama classroom, I mean, the students went above and beyond, not because I required it. You know, we did a superhero uh, monologue in sixth grade and like my requirements were 
write a monologue, memorize your monologue, and then perform your monologue. And I would have students making costume pieces and you know illustrating it, you know, like a comic book because it was really interesting to them. You know, that creativity is innate. Drive and passion is innate. And if we as teachers just don't crush it, like the students will find value. The arts are fun. And so maybe it's creating a soundtrack to, you know, some battle, you know, that they're studying in history. If that's what they want to do, they will do it to a high level, creating a YouTube video, writing a poem, drawing a picture, doing a TED talk, like they will do it if they're given permission to be creative. Yeah, so that reminds me more of my sort of side quests that I have in my in my gamified class. So the side quests, very much like your monologue, give them a direction, but not a whole lot of requirements. There, I mean, it's a it's a tiny push. Like we're gonna do a TED talk, you know, we're gonna go in that direction. Hey, I'd like you to make a map of China. What does that mean? Like, does that mean you pull out the printer paper and just sketch it out? Sure, for some. Does that mean like some go on YouTube and like Google how to make like salt dough, like their own Play-Doh, and then make this like three-dimensional map, they color it, they stick toothpicks in and put little flags on it and then, you know, label all the flags? Yep. But the direction was make a map of China. Like that's pretty open-ended. So that creativity when it is that endless exploration in which they are motivated to sort of like up their game fully – uh yeah. agree with you that the students and, and, students do yeah. that and and you ask like, like like why why would they do it why like i mean so we worded it in my class you know is how was this performance better than your last performance and they got to articulate how and why and the work they put forth to make it better most of the time if they put forth that effort their performance was in very specific ways better than their last performance. Other times, you know, they try an accent and it would fail. But then we talk about how like they took a risk, you know, to to try something they had never tried before and it didn't work out this time as they, they hoped. But like, now how do we reset and, and take a breath and then move forward either to conquer that obstacle or to set a new goal and, and try something different, right? And with them being the ones dictating what better means what improvement means like they there was actually times i had to be like no you cannot bring in giant set pieces oh but my mom and my dad said that they would drop them off like no like i i did get a call from a parent once saying like why is my child asking like that is all them please no you don't have to run out to to the hardware store in order to get plywood to build a set piece like you know for a, a middle school drama presentation (laughs) yeah uh i definitely have had kids take those side quests way over the top uh (laughs) way way over the top but i I definitely want to encourage people to loosen up a little bit you know allow allow for more creativity to come by loosening up your requirements loosening up like what the student has to go do uh, I think is a good, good foundational step. Uh, well, and 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 it, it's a both and, right? Can I can I point that out, right? So if they've never been given this freedom before, 
that's that's high, right? School doesn't traditionally do this. And so then they're like, well, what do you mean I can do anything, right? So there is some freedom and creativity with limitations. Maybe you say we are all going to create something with Legos or Play-Doh initially. And as you go through the school year, you open it up and you say anything three-dimensional. Okay, well, I now understand what three-dimensional means. I understand what I'm capable of, like, I, you know, like, or creative writing. If you just say write anything or, uh, okay, let's talk, you know, like, so some restrictions actually can empower the student's creativity uh, more than just sort of open-ended, do whatever you want. So you know your students um, and there is a balance there uh, and the better and the more experience they get with it, the more freedom they can have. But it is that voice, it is that choice, it is student-driven with training, you know? Uh, so. Uh, if you've never trained your students to do that sort of thing, it, it, it might initially take a little bit of, of of your guiding and supporting them in this new creative endeavor. Uh, in my experience, like the in a gamified class, you already have the sort of push-pull mechanics happening. Like you don't right. just say like, go do history homework, period like right <laughs> Period. Like, there's always going to be some sort of push-pull mechanic happening and then to your point of like you have to work up to this uh, I would fully agree like the but it's worth sticking sticking it out right like yeah when I start with these side quests some kids hand me what I will later refer to as pretty junky side quests right because they've never been given like make a map like I guess I just want to get my homework done so like well I'll just quickly sketch this and China turns into just a circle and they just <laughs> put like one city on there and say, is this, is this good? Is this a map? Like I put, look, I put the compass rose in there. Isn't that good? Uh, and at first you like coach them through, like, that's great that you remembered that, you know, and like, what else could we have added to that Com compared to some others that are all wildly different from each other so it's not like again that they're hitting some sort of standard recipe that like see how everyone else did the eight things i told them to do they all look different but like the you start to see kind of a, a quality sort of difference and that kid starts to understand that like ways they can start to step up and you start to much like you described in your drama class you start to have a comparative with yourself where you're kind of like this is i am proud of this one like whoa this is way better now that we got into greece look at my greece map that i chose to do yeah and again voice and choice there my side quest while there might be a grease map assignment, not assignment, a side quest that they could choose to opt in, they don't have to opt into that one. So if someone feels like they mastered that and they don't want to take that challenge of doing it again, somebody else wants to have at it again, or somebody else absolutely loved it, it gives them that choice to sort of opt in. But stick with it, teachers, in terms of like one of the greatest things I think they part my class with is a better understanding of themselves in this power of creativity uh, right but like if you try it once you're like yeah see this doesn't work and then you'd walk away right but same with any category if 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 we did that with yeah. english like oh man look at those sentences when they were in first grade they're terrible they're we give up yeah like we know it's worth sticking with and then and then empowering again that it's, it's that language of self-assessment if they can articulate why their grease side quest is stronger or is better or you know is you know is an improvement from their their earlier side quests 
like you, I mean, you might disagree and you can have a great conversation. You might be like, well, you say you spent more time, but like, I don't see that in the quality of the work or something like that. But like, if they're like, oh man, I rushed and I did this in 30 minutes last time. And now I put four hours into it. Wow. You know, like that's a, that's a strong improvement as far as putting effort in or taking the initiative to put the time in. Um, and it's, it just involved then has great conversations around what it means to do our best. Yeah. And that's what the arts are about. The arts are hard to assess. I mean, that, so this is where we're, we're kind of going back to the very first thing you were talking about. The arts are hard to assess. And so for me to say, everyone has to do it this way in order to get an A or in order to be, to achieve mastery. That's just not how the arts work. Therefore, I know art teachers, arts teachers who like make arbitrary um, skill sets. Like, well, then we will say if you know Greek history for theater, if you know Shakespearean history, if you know. And for me at a middle school level, that just isn't what I want them to walk away with. I want them to be confident in their public speaking. I want them to be able to articulate what is and what is not their best. I want them to have build their social emotional learning and knowing when Shakespeare lived and died isn't part of that equation. No, I mean, that's, that's a good point. I think that what I want to remind us both though, uh, as far as integrating the arts, if we can kind of use our last chunk of time to sort of talk about ways or quick ideas of how sure. one could do that. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, like if you have arts teachers in your school, collaborate, 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 right? While I did say we're all arts teachers, we all can be doing this in our classroom, certainly true, but teachers, your confidence in the arts is, is equally as important uh, to model for your, for your students. But if you struggle and you think maybe you're not a good artist, like collaborate, your arts teachers will be more than happy, I am sure, to offer you suggestions or work directly with you and your students on doing something meaningful in your class. Collaborate. Yeah, I mean, collaboration is always a good, a good idea to get yourself outside of your own space. I think it's good to collaborate across the board, you know, with any teacher, because it shows a way to connect your content to another space. And in the real world, all of these subject matters really blend together, right? It's not in these little yeah. silos. So all collaboration, good collaboration. However, a little harder to do, a little more intentionality it, that it takes, a little more planning periods. So, you know, what are some ways we can get started in our own classrooms tomorrow, right? That I don't need to sit down with the math teacher or the art teacher to like map out when she or he is free for next week, next sure. unit. Uh, um, it, well, this I like this this question too because right, it is about the intentionality. I would say that I, I often experience uh, teachers who say, "Oh yeah, I do the arts, right? I have them write a poem." Oh, okay, like so, and then what do they do with it, and how do they like? Right there, there isn't the intentionality there. It is just because the arts are a way to express ourselves. We use them but we don't use them in a meaningful or intentional way. And so I guess, how are we intentional with the arts? Look at your curriculum. Look at your curriculum and ask yourself, what, how do you want your students to express themselves within this content? And so is it through a public speaking? Is it through visual arts, right? 
like make make a list. I mean, certain things work better. I mean, if you're studying the Renaissance, all right, well then like take a look at at music, take a look at the arts. Like if you're studying um you don't you teach a china unit mm-hmm. right i mean so what about the arts could be expressed there maybe it's learning the writing you know and learning calligraphy like what a great way to incorporate and see how differently they write than we write but do it in an artistic type way so i mean like so many things the inspiration is kind of all around us and we could we could pull that yeah. inspiration and bring it in. Uh, I think the other thing that I sort of, if we were to unpack your statement, would be that there, there's also follow through, right? I mean, like, it can't be just like, yeah, we wrote the poem and they turned it in and we put it over there, right? Like, if, if we think about things we do use in our classes that are us driven, that are for our content, there tends to be multiple steps, right? Like it's yeah. not just, well, they, they turn in my worksheet and I put it over there. Like that's, that's what most of us are not doing in our classes. We're, we're doing larger experiences with them, you know, analyzing things from different, different ways, having conversations about them, displaying them, whatever. Well, the same should be afforded to our arts integrated activities. Well, and that's so important, right? So to be art, there's sort of two, um sort of categories right one if i am creating art and i feel it is art it is art so how are we allowing our students to express why this is art to them right so there's that aspect but then there's i mean a lot of people also feel that art isn't art unless it is then appreciated and or viewed by someone else you know like a pile of paintings in a teacher an art teacher's um, classroom that are told to pick up by the end of the school year and then the summer comes and the kids didn't bother picking them up because they don't really care about them and they're not going to hang them up on the fridge like are those paintings still art or are they just pieces of paper with paint on them that nobody's has value nobody claims oh right i mean it's a little sad but like so what constitutes art if the students value it and can articulate it it's art and then if it has an audience, so what type of audience are we giving our students, whether it's hanging their work up, whether it is truly a performance um, of their of their writing or um, of their skit. Um, and hopefully that audience is, is greater than just the singular teacher. So, you know, and with Internet and, and digital learning and virtual learning, there are ways to put that out there so that parents can see it. And, and and others can see it. That's then makes our students value it. It's put out into the world for the for others to value. Well, we are at reflection time. Ooh. Ooh. And so we have a quote today by William Plomer, and I think it really fits with what we talked about today, but uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts, your spins on it. And it goes, creativity is the power to connect the seemingly unconnected mm, connect the seemingly unconnected now honestly like we want our students to be able to do that we take our content and we say connect this in an artistic way which may feel like a disconnect but i'm going to go with the te- teachers you're going to be the ones maybe with this initial disconnect there isn't a way to connect what you're teaching to the arts 
And I would say that is where creativity and innovation lie, connecting what seems to be disconnected. And that first and foremost is your responsibility. And if you can do that and model that for your students, that will help empower them to be able to do the same thing within your classroom. I like it. I like it. Uh, for me, I would say I often make kids uh, on, on my assessments, on my tests or whatever. I have lots of different question types that aren't typical that make kids sort of do this sort of connection. Part of it is with my gamification. They do di di you know different activities. Uh, and I love it. I love to, to be able to understand content, to truly be able to do this. Uh, if you ask a kid to play with the content, you know, you really got to know the content because like now you're, you're doing something with it over and above the straight flat content. And I think that's a perfect example of art, right? You know, like you, you've connected these two things and when you're playing with them, same thing, like you're connecting two wildly different things, put it together. So. Absolutely. Exploring, playing, creating, inspiring. I mean, all fantastic words to talk about connecting the arts with our content. You got it. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining us uh, today on Well Played. Hey, it has been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, I just, I, I, I love the inspiration that you are able to give to to so many teachers through this podcast, XP Lab, Teachers Table. So I'm glad to be part of this community and many of your communities. Well, we love having you. Uh, once again, everyone, you guys can catch this on YouTube. Uh, so go over to youtube.com slash Mr. Matera and check it out. You can also uh, connect all sorts of ways on mrmatera.com. I'll have in the show notes ways to connect with Adam and hopefully you you know, follow him on all of the social media channels he is on and check out his work. Great stuff. As always, I want you guys to stay connected, continue to share out Well Played and continue to play on. So thank you everyone.